Welcome to Campus Firewatch Radio. My name is Ed Camo. Hi, this is Ed Camo here with you today. And Corey Lewis. I uh, appreciate you taking the time to join us today, Corey. One of the things I'd like to talk about is what I call 10 things to try when it comes to campus fire safety education. And I know that you've been out there on the front line doing a lot of this, so uh, I think I'd like to kind of just go through this list, tell you what I've seen and what I think, and you can tell me what you see and what you think, and and uh, both in terms of the effectiveness and kind of your return on investment on doing some of this stuff. So, you ready? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, the first thing we're going to start with, and folks, this is in alphabetical order if you want to keep track, um, what I call ads and stickers. And uh, a few years ago, we came up with, well, we didn't come up with this idea, but we, we tried it here in the Amherst area where we were putting ads into the buses. And we have a free bus system here for the students. And so these are the ads that go on the inside. You know, you're sitting there in your seat, you look up, and boom, there's an ad. And it's certainly hard to measure a return on investment on it. But also, it's, it's pretty easy to do because a lot of times the buses will be willing to give you the space for free. And it's one of those things, why not? You know, um, have you seen any of this being used or have you tried it, Corey? Yeah, we, we've done a number of that. We have a shuttle system that goes around Eastern Kentucky University. So as we try to market directly to the students and that demographic, uh, we've used that shuttle system as an avenue to disseminate information. Um, and I think you're right. It is certainly hard to figure out if you're getting a, a return on your investment or if you're making um, an engagement with that student. But uh, the way we look at it is it's a free opportunity. It's a free market to put some information out there. We're allowed to do that through um, through the university um, and the student government. And um, we utilize that as just a space to share information. Um, and we don't make it lengthy. We don't make it um, – you know, a paragraph of information. Usually we use a, a quote or we use a statistic that is kind of has that shock and awe factor that may make the student kind of think while they're sitting there, hmm, I didn't know that. So, yeah, we, we've used that quite often. And I think you kind of hit the nail on the head about all the stuff we're going to be talking about is keeping it simple because uh, I know that I've certainly seen it and I think you have too from what we've talked about. You know, we're always guilty of trying to tell everybody everything they need to know to be fire safe in one in one snapshot and uh so you're really just limited to just about one message right yeah one of the things that, that i think you made light of earlier was that you know we try to we i think sometimes we forget that we might have this demographic on a number of occasions throughout their day throughout their week or throughout their month um, as opposed to just one chance to share all the information all at one time mm -hmm. The other thing kind of along the lines with this too are uh, stickers and by that I mean um, kind of like pizza box stickers. Uh, we did that in the Amherst area too and I know some other communities have picked up on it where you come up with a series of stickers with fire safety messages and again just one message per sticker um, and you give them out to the pizza shops and they're, they were more than happy to take them and, and stick them on. We also we put them in boxes so they're easily dispensable so they could just peel it off slap it on the box and out it goes. And and we had four, I think four or five different messages like smoke alarms, got batteries, cook your dinner, not the kitchen, uh, stuff like that. And uh, again, you know, it's hard to measure a return on that, but yeah, I think it's pretty effective. 
we've used that as well. We've done the box topper uh, a number of times for October for um, you know Fire Safety Month, and then we've tried it around the campus area, local pizza eateries um, during the month of September. We've given them a campus or college and university fire safety uh, literature box topper specifically. Um, yeah, so maybe again hard to difficult to. Uh, figure out your rate of return or, or know what type of investment that you've got there, but uh, it's easy. It's a, it's a very uh, easy easy way to get some information out. And let's say you do 2,000 box toppers. There's a lot of information that's out there. So. And you may very well find somebody that's actually willing to underwrite that too and, and help sponsor it, which could be really, really great. Uh, next thing we want to move on to is articles. Um, student newspapers, student publications, yeah, they are pretty widely read on a lot of the campuses. And they're always hurting for content and so this is the sort of thing that at the beginning of the year you could write up 12 articles and one for each month on a different topic and have it ready to drop in and just like you were talking about too Corey you've got to keep it simple right you've just got to keep it on on one specific topic and and not t- try to tell everybody everything right yeah they're not going to read uh, multiple pages uh, and the paper's not going to print multiple pages for you. They want it to be short. They want it to be succinct. Uh, that's a concept that we picked up on a few years ago, and I think we got it from Campus Firewatch, um, is you know submitting those articles as op-ed pieces. Uh, and then usually that will relays into an article from a reporter from the local college newspaper. So we've we've had good success with partnering on that, doing the articles. Um, and I think we've gotten some good traction across the board. I know that we followed up and did a, a feedback survey on campus to find out who was reading those articles. And uh, we had fairly good response from those in September when we did the questionnaire after the articles had come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, burns. And by these, I mean, you know, the live burns where you do the, the side-by-side sort of stuff. Uh, incredibly dramatic. You know, one one's sprinklered, one's unsprinklered. Uh, you set them up like a mock student room with, the, you know, the bed, the chair, the desk, books, pizza boxes, all the stuff you t- find in a typical student room, and you set them on, on fire, you know, hopefully in the middle of the campus as a demonstration. Um, like I said, really powerful, but... Quite honestly, after having done a number of these over the years, I really question kind of the return on investment on that. That, yeah, they're 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 really powerful, but so often if you look around, you know, you don't get that many students there, do you? Well, you know, we've we've done these on the different variety on the campus of Eastern Kentucky University. We've tried them in a setting of a safety type fair during the month of September, where we say at this time, come out to this parking lot and, and the fire department and EKU Environmental Health and Safety are going to conduct this burn. And I think you're right. We've not really had that great of participation on that. And I will I will tell you, we we have transitioned into not doing those burns because there's so much work for the rate of return that we were getting in the fashion that we were doing them. But we did change it. We've started utilizing those for um, residence hall advisors uh, training. So we have a larger group of students in a controlled environment and they're supposed to be there as part of their training and we're utilizing that burn then. So we reach around 250 to 300 RAs who are students as well in that and we've we found that that makes a more impact than trying to do it for the entire student body at a set time uh, i think that's an excellent twist on it a great way to do it 
rather than putting in all that effort and then just hoping people show up. Like you said, you have a kind of captive audience there. Yeah, it, it is paid. Our, I think our benefit we've, there that we've seen is that we've definitely um, made a relationship with the RHAs and the residence advisors for, for each dormitory or each residence hall. And so what they do is, is they're responsible for training throughout their year or their floor. Um, we're able to resource information to them for those types of training. Uh, we just kind of use it as a networking opportunity as well. They see it. They see how impactful it is. We're able to talk to them and have that aha moment with them. And then that engages them to reach out to us for further information. So, again, we've reached them on one avenue, but they keep coming back to us for other information. Fire Extinction Training. I think this is a great opportunity. What do you think? We've used it quite often during the month of September. We set up on campus and um, in a very non-threatening uh, environment. Uh, come as you go. We just have the, the, the actual burn pan out there. We use the simulator as well. And we give the, the students an opportunity to use a fire extinguisher. Yeah, it's a chance to engage them put their hands to use. It's not a pamphlet. It's not a question. It's they actually get to use it and do hands-on. And I think, as you know, and we've seen across the nation, is that if we can engage the student in a hands-on activity, the student takes away a little more from that than just reading a pamphlet or handing them a, a goodie of some type. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, that's one of the things I keep bringing up. I see so many people doing pamphlets. And Sometimes that's one of those things you kind of have to do it just, you know, to say that you did it. But also, nine times out of ten, you know, the pamphlet doesn't quite make it very far, does it? <laughs> I think we've turned the corner on a number of occasions, and I've had to pick up several hundred pamphlets <laughs> off the ground. Um, lists. Um, you know, here we are. We're doing a list right now, top ten things to try. Lists, I think, are a great way to communicate. And I think, but I think the important thing on them, you know, if you're using them in publications or in your articles or whatever, keep them short, and really keep them focused on a single, a single topic, like top ten things about a smoke alarm, or top thing, three things about a smoke alarm, or three things you should know when you're looking for off-campus housing, because, you know, it's been shown that people respond quite positively and are willing to, to stop and listen or read if they know that it's going to be short, it's going to be to the point, and they can easily digest it. Yeah, we've, we've used them in a variety of settings, and one of the things that we've done as part of our uh, new student orientation days, we actually have new students that are have to be in an orientation class, and what we do is we've given them a list, and what we realize is we encourage the students as we say to them, we know that you're not always probably going to live on campus. You're going to live in this off-campus setting out in our community, and what we try to do is say, use this priority list when you're looking for a place to live in an off-campus setting, and, and these are certain things that you should, you should never move into a place without these things checked off. And we, you know, we kind of triage it for them. Whether they're using it, I'm not really sure, but we provide them that information. One of the other things that we've done with LIST is we've kind of tried to make um, that play on comical and seriousness so that it's it's somewhat entertaining, you know, not trying to be David Letterman, but to utilize that. And we think that engages the student a little bit more. It kind of captivates the audience. Number six is posters. This is really kind of an eye-opening one. Uh, Corey and I have done a lot of work with the Minger Foundation, uh, with Gail Minger there. And we were all at a meeting down at uh, EKU with a bunch of RAs asking them, you know, what kind of tools or resources could you guys use? And 
and we fully expect it to be high-tech type stuff like videos or stuff they can use on Facebook or whatever. And the universal response was posters that they could use on the floors. You know, the IRAs have bulletin boards that they have to put material up on, keep it fresh, keep turning it over, and yeah, posters came out as, you know, the number one thing that IRAs were looking for. A shocker to me as well, but uh, ever since, though, that, that kickoff and that launch, we have used those Minger posters um, quarterly, and uh, we print those off for the, the RAs, and we distribute those through student housing, and we provide them, and uh, the student housing get them put up. So when I can assure you when we go into dorms for fire alarms or we're doing um, fire drills, we see those posters up. So we, we believe them to be somewhat effective. Uh, number seven is projects, and this is something Corey and I have been doing a lot of over the past couple of years, again with the Minger Foundation, uh, going out and doing campus fire safety community service projects. Um, a lot of schools require their students do community service, and here's a great chance to join the students up with the local fire department doing home fire safety visits, and uh, I think it's pretty darn effective. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. We've seen the benefit of it. You know, there is some legwork that has to be done on the fire department side and on the university side, but our experience at Eastern Kentucky University and with the Richmond Fire Department is once you establish a program and once you've established kind of the concept and student government or the student affairs office, student activities offices on campus have bought into that, um, they pretty much run with it. I mean, we're to the point now where uh, student activities reaches out to us every um, twice a year when we've done the program and say, so, you know, it's that time of year again. When do you want to do it? How do you want to do it? How many students do you want to do? And we just kind of coordinate a few things in the, from the off-campus side and uh, the student activities and student government office put the students together, put the volunteers together. Um, they've even picked up the bill for some smoke alarms along the way. There's a student organization that has got a grant the past two years to purchase smoke alarms to do the program. So we are really just a liaison in an effort to do that. And I think one of the things that you and I both have seen is that is more impactful than just talking to them about the importance of smoke alarms is putting them in the setting to see how people live in a community, um, possibly some impoverished areas, uh, and then also the, the actual act of installing smoke alarms in homes. And the thing to point out on that too is the students aren't going out just to off-campus housing. They're going out to other places in the community, like you said, that they may normally not interact with, you know, the, the lower income areas and things like that, which are at the greatest risk from deaths from fires, and so often they don't even have smoke alarms. So it's really, it's, it's, you create some advocates and they learn fire prevention by doing fire prevention. So, yeah, I think, I think it's, I, I think they're really great, but yeah, it does take a lot of work, doesn't it, to set those up. Yeah, and you know, again, I, I would emphasize that in the in the original concept, there's always more work when you first start something. After you've done it for a couple years, it starts to slack off because you know what you need. Things that have already been written, maybe just a few updates. It's easy to connect. You know the right people. After all that legwork has been done, it makes rolling the program out a lot easier. Well, number eight is social media and. <laughs> I think probably the biggest problem with social media is keeping up on what's hot in social media nowadays. 
just when we latch on to something, it's changed, and we have to learn another format or we have to learn another program or concept. I mean, certainly Facebook and Twitter are the big ones that uh, a lot of people are using, but others come and go, you know, uh, Snapchat, Vine, uh, the two that just have popped in the past few weeks are Meerkat and uh, Periscope for Twitter and things like that. And I think the biggest issue I see with social media is, uh, or what I would really suggest on it, is any uh, fire department or any school that's thinking of doing it, is really getting students to do it for you. You know, they, they're, they're the best ones at communicating with their peers, and they're the ones that know what works, what doesn't work. And so if you've got a couple of good, reliable students that you can use, have them do it for you. Yeah, I, you know, we've utilized, we utilize the fa- we utilize Facebook, we utilize Twitter, we utilize LinkedIn quite a bit to engage students. Um, you know, there are a lot of politics when it comes to a fire department using different types of social media. So um, there's a lot of apprehension sometimes on the forefront to get that through. And I found um, sometimes by the time you get the approval and you get the acceptance from the administration, um, that particular form of social media fad is faded out <laughs> and you have to move on to something different. So it uh, it is all inclusive when you when you talk about social media. There, there's Keeping up with it seems to be the biggest thing. I think about the fiasco that we had with QR codes. Um, we latched onto QR codes a number of years ago, and we put them on all our leaflets, on our little leaflets, and that didn't really pan out for us. So um, we're we're learning it, and we're we're becoming better within the fire service at using it. Um, I just think sometimes we might be a little behind the eight ball. So you're right with the concept of letting the students uh, move that, and let the students um, drive that content. And and so many people become reluctant because they'll hear, you know, one or two horror shows where social media has gone awry and they say, well, nope, we're not going to try it here. But I remember you and I talking about that one time. You brought up a great analogy about, you know, we get in accidents with our fire apparatus every now and then, but that doesn't mean we stop driving to fires, do we? Nope. We, we, we keep driving. We do a better job of educating ourselves. We do a better job of, of providing a safety net in case things happen, but we don't just quit and wash it up and say we're never going to use that. And, and in this day and age, that's the challenge. It's keeping the idea that we have to stay engaged with the public. We have to stay engaged with the student body. And the effective ways of doing that sometimes push the envelope of what we in the fire service are comfortable with. So we have to kind of continue to drive that. Um, and it, it's not always an age difference. It's just, a, um, I think, a kind of a theology difference of how we believe what we should be doing in the fire service and how we educate those in our community on the, the hazards of, of or life, fire and life safety. Well, number nine is tables. And by these, I mean the kind of tables you set up in the student union and stand there with uh, maybe a display or maybe a video or handing out leaflets and brochures and things like that. And kind of my feeling uh, on the ones that I've been involved with, it's one of those things you, eh, you kind of have to do it. You kind of have to be there. But, yeah, but really, you know, what's your take on the effectiveness of that, Corey? I call them the have tos um, because you have to do them. You have to be visible. You have to be on campus. You have to make um, a relationship with the student body and engage 
the students. And what I have seen in in the years that we've been doing it is that we make it a connection with the students when we're on campus. And we may not see the fruits of our labor in the first year or the second year, uh, but I've been doing a health fair for about eight or nine years now. And it is just that. We set the table up. We stand there. We network. We socialize with the students. We socialize with the employees. One of the things that I've, I've kind of grown into is I get to hear the stories now about, well, I didn't have smoke detectors, but I went and got them after I saw you last year. And let me tell you, the other day, something I caught our kitchen on fire, and it alerted us. And I kind of get to hear that. And I think about, well, you know, setting up a booth, made one impact for the time that was there, maybe potentially saved one life, we think it's worth it within the fire department. It, you know, it is a lot of time. It can dedicate a lot of resources to doing it. But we we know that, you know, we're not going to make masses of impacts. But if we we've make one impact, we've resorted to that's okay. That's, that's good for us. And number 10, videos. Uh, this is something that both Corey and I are starting to get into more and more is shooting and producing videos because, boy, it is just the way that everybody's going nowadays, isn't it, Corey? Well, yeah, I can remember, I think you did a marketing study a number of years ago or had posted a marketing study. And, you know, we're seeing that, you know, a lot of students say that television ads are, are the most effective form of advertising. Uh, we know that a lot of people watch television, content-driven television, and, and if we can provide an atmosphere of, of the YouTube videos, we can provide uh, an outlet for that information through that, that video concept, I think yeah, it's going to be one of, one of the big things that is more impactful than anything for us. And the threshold for entry has just gotten lower and lower with the, uh, the DSLRs are out, you know, that shoot high-definition video, but... You know, everybody has a has a camera in their pocket now with a with a cell phone, so you can even shoot, you can even edit and upload video right from your smartphone. I tell our firefighters, you're always on video now because you never know. There's always eight thousand reporters standing around watching you. It doesn't have to. They don't have to have the big van with fancy lettering on it. Um, everybody is an eye reporter now, and they're able to upload and share information right to any new news media outlet almost instantaneously. I think the biggest struggle that I know I've had is is keeping it short. You know, it has to be thirty, sixty, ninety seconds, somewhere around there, because really, you know, you get much longer than that, and and with this YouTube generation, you really lose a lot of people. Yeah, if you look at the analytics of, of the videos that have been done, you know, in the past, some of the, the fancy videos that I've, a lot of money have been spent on that are longer, um, the analytics tend to tell us that the viewership drops off after, um, you know, that that 90-second window. They've heard or watched all they want to watch, now they're moving on. So um, the challenge for creating those videos in any environment is, keeping it short, uh, keeping it succinct, and, and making sure the content is there, uh, and, you know, putting a quality video out in 90 seconds, I think we found, is sometimes a challenge. And you mentioned analytics, and, that, and that's a great point to bring up, because if you upload your video to YouTube, which really you should be doing anyways, it's a great platform distributing this stuff, uh, YouTube gives you great analytics, just like you were talking about. You can watch your video and you can see the numbers at any given moment. So you can see when you start to have your drop off. 
and that kind of tells you, okay, we're losing them here, or we're, or we're keeping them, hopefully. Um, and I know I've been <laughs> unpleasantly surprised on some of my videos <laughs> where, you know, I thought I did a really good one, and I look at the numbers, and nope, I'm just dropping right off. But it's a great way to learn, okay, this is what keeps people engaged or doesn't. You know, as you're going through that. Well, we all think everything we have to say is important. Yep. So uh, we just have to find the, the venue and the time restraint to do it in and share the information that we want to. Yep. So that's our top ten things of things to try. Uh, ads, articles, burns, fire extinguishers, lists, posters, projects, social media, tables, and videos. But it's certainly not an all-inclusive list. I mean, this is just some of the things that we both have had experience being involved with and have some thoughts on it and I'm sure there's a lot of other stuff out there uh, that's just incredibly creative and works really well you know that uh, we'd love to hear from people love to hear your ideas and what you've been doing out there as well but this is just some of the stuff that I've found over the years and you too Corey right? Yeah I think um, you know we want people to just do something get out there and do something find good things to do and there are a ton of resources that are available uh, out there on the internet for you to find. Uh, I know Campus Firewatch has a great resource section. The Minger Foundation has a great resource section. But, you know, I think from coming from one uh, fire and life safety educator out to another, when it comes to engaging college students and it, when it comes to finding effective things, we just want you to try stuff. If you're trying and you're doing things, that's not a failure. You can critique it, you can make it better, but get out there and actually try something. Well, I'd really like to thank Corey Lewis for joining us today on Campus Firewatch Radio. If you're looking for any information on things we've talked about, you can look in the show notes below or you can go to www.campus-firewatch.com. My name's Ed Kamau.